This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I stood at the end of a long gravel road, looking up the hill toward the small plantation house, my eyes squinting in the light of the setting sun. Vivid shades of orange and red washed the property in otherworldly glow. Or maybe that was my imagination. Wagers like the one I found myself in tend to do odd things to the mind, making you see normal, everyday occurrences through a supernatural lens. The wager, of course, was to spend the greater part of a week sleeping in various supposedly haunted locales dotted around the sprawling plantation property. I've always been a skeptic, and was never one to believe in something that I couldn't empirically observe. That's what spawned the bet in the first place. My friend Samuel had recently come into a good deal of money in the form of the plantation, a gift passed down to him through the family. He had some understandable reservations about owning the property though, and had ultimately decided to sell it. During one of our lengthier discussions about the plantation, Samuel made mention of how difficult selling it was proving to be, primarily on account of it being haunted. I will be the first to admit that I had laughed louder than I should have at that, but the idea was simply laughable to me. I mean, why would anyone be foolish enough to let the rumors of ghosts stop them from buying such a grand and valuable property? He mocked me in return, countering by saying that I only maintained my skepticism by virtue of never having experienced the supernatural directly. I told him that there was nothing supernatural to experience, and our wager developed rather quickly from there. The terms were simple, yet tantalizing. There were four purportedly haunted locations on the plantation, and Samuel pledged to give me a hundred dollars for each haunted place that I managed to stay a whole night in, with the promise to double the total if I spend a night in all four. But if I left any location during the night, I forfeited all my winnings up to that point. I agreed with almost no hesitation, and later that same evening found myself next to the guardhouse at the edge of the property, thinking idly about how the setting sun can do such peculiar things with the light. The guardhouse was to be the first location of the challenge. Sam informed me that the small hut was supposed to be haunted by a soldier who had given his life in defense of the estate after the Civil War broke out. He didn't give me any information beyond that, though. He didn't want to fill my mind with ideas that might cloud my objectivity. I couldn't help 
but to chuckle to myself as I tossed my bag on the cot. Samuel could have told me all kinds of tall tales about the place, and it wouldn't have changed a thing. That night grew dark outside rather rapidly. So, I lit a candle and set about the task of exploring the small shack. It was rudimentary at best, and sparsely decorated too. It was barely more than the essentials for living at the time. The cot where my belongings now sat was the only source of comfort or relaxation in the entire place. The only other place one could even recline for a rest was an old wooden chair near the window, perfect for keeping an eye on the road that leads up to the big house. Outside of the cot and chair, though, there was a fireplace on one side of the room, a wash basin and tea kettle on the other side, and a chamber pot in the corner, one that would decidedly remain unused. I lit a small fire in the fireplace and dragged the cot closer to it. A dreadful chill kept creeping in through the ramshackle walls, and I made note to myself to pack thicker clothes for the rest of the nights. After all, the wager was to chance an encounter with the supernatural, not the cold. I shouldn't have to rough it to meet the departed. The hours passed slowly as I waited for sleep to take me. I'd always struggled to rest in new places, and the lumpiness of my cot didn't make things any easier for me. I eventually put the fire in the fireplace out completely, and decided to force sleep to find me. The whistling of a tea kettle startled me awake, and I jolted up to find that it was still the dead of night. The fireplace must have had a few smoldering cinders left in it when I had gone to sleep, because it was now fully ablaze. I spared a quick glance around the rest of the room and found it to be exactly as I remembered when I fell asleep, except the kettle was now hanging above the fire, whistling like a banshee. I got up and took the kettle off the fire, moving across the room and setting it down inside the wash basin. It was there, as I spared a look out the window, that I realized that it wasn't in fact the middle of the night, but the early morning. The faintest sliver of sunlight was starting to appear over the horizon, and I yawned in contentment at the realization that I had all but won the first night of the wager. Then, without sparing a second thought to the newly stoked fire or the recently whistling kettle, I went back over to the cot and fell right back to sleep. Now I met with Sam for lunch back in town, and we discussed my first night on the property. I told him about the odd experience I had shortly before the break of dawn, and a smug grin spread across his face. He asked me if I believe in ghosts after my encounter, and I laughed it off. I told him that I could have easily gotten up to make tea in the night and forgotten about it or simply sleepwalked and did it all whilst unconscious. He looked at me with a great deal of disappointment at my denial of the supernatural, but ended up shrugging it off. That was only the first night after all, he said, taking a drink of his coffee. 
I've ordered your nights so that the severity of the hauntings increases with each location. I'll make a believer out of you by the end. Now the chapel came next. It was a small, hutched little church at the far edge of the property, accessible only via a small stone path that wound through the gardens of the estate. I admired the grounds as I passed through them. Overgrown shrubs and flower beds choked with weeds closed in around me as I got closer to the church house. The sun had nearly set by the time I got there, so I went inside and looked for the nearest candle. After finding and lighting one in the sanctuary, I took my time and admired the simplicity and beauty of this space for a while, before retiring to the small rectory attached to the church. A short hallway filled with paintings of scenes from the Bible connected the two buildings. The door to the rectory sat at the end of the hallway, right next to a large portrait filled with the stern face of the chaplain. Feeling uncomfortable with his gaze, I averted my eyes and went through the door. Sleep evaded me again, but I managed to find it sooner. My rest was interrupted all too soon though, around midnight or so. I woke to a series of small tapping sounds in the hallway outside, steadily growing closer. They stopped right outside the room, and after a moment, I heard a gentle sniffing at the crack beneath the door. Cautiously, I got out of bed and tiptoed across the room toward the door. I listened as the sniffing intensified. Then I cracked it open slowly. Nothing. The sniffing had stopped, and no culprit was in sight. I opened all the way just to be certain, and I found the hallway empty. Feeling somewhat unnerved by the event, I closed the door and went back to bed. But shortly after I had laid down, though, I felt an odd weight appear right by my feet and a sensation of warmth and comfort washed over me. I snuck a look at the foot of the bed and saw the blankets next to my leg being pressed down, as if something small were laying there. A small portion of fear crept into my chest, but I quickly assured myself that it was all just a trick of the light. I fell back asleep after a while and awoke in the morning to find no such impressions on the bedding. Feeling vindicated, I met with Sam for another lunch in town, and I told him of the night's events. Now, the servants' quarters were my home for the penultimate night. They sat in the basement of the plantation house and came with a modification of the rules. To keep the upstairs a surprise for the final challenge, I was required to remain in the basement for the duration of the night and could not venture upstairs into the house proper. I was fine with the change in rules, even if it did lead me to wonder how I'd even know the night had ended if I was quartered underground. Upon arriving at the big house, I made my way to the basement and set about the task of finding some kind of window through which to gauge the location of the sun. It took me a few minutes of wandering the tight and damp corridor, but I finally found one. 
The furthest of the servants' room had a small window, high up on the wall through which the last beams of dusk were gently drifting into the space. This room, like the rest of them, was small and dark, with little more than a cot and a chamber pot as furnishings. I couldn't tell if these places had been cleaned out over time, or if they were all the luxuries the workers were afforded. That evening passed even more slowly than the one before. I sat by the lit candle on my cot and attempted to distract my mind from an odd itch that had developed in my chest. An odd anxiety had been growing in me since I had sat down in the room, as if there was work to be done and I had no right to be taking a break. Was it a bit of claustrophobia? I tried for several minutes to push it down, but eventually acquiesced to the odd sense of urgency, and I began pacing. I walked the length of the tight hallways several times, looking into each room as I passed by with a candle. I spotted nothing new in any of them on any of my passes, yet I couldn't shake the feeling that I wasn't alone. Staying in odd places for wagers will do that to you, I supposed. I went back to my room and finally managed to fall asleep. The first hints of sunrise had begun creeping in through the small window above my cot when I heard the door to the upstairs open and shut. I sat up straight and climbed out of bed immediately, my heart racing as I did. Had Samuel come to check on my progress, I quickly made my way down the corridor toward the small living space where the door to the upstairs was. I had nearly made it to the living space when my shoulder collided with something solid. Knocked off my balance, I fell to the ground. Looking up though, I could see nothing at all. I was entirely alone in the dark room. Needless to say, Samuel got a kick out of my story at lunch that day but seemed rather disappointed that I was still not convinced. After all, I told him, it was dark in there. I mean, I could have easily walked into the wall by mistake. The upstairs of the plantation house was the location of the final night and challenge. Something in the air up there made it feel so stern and severe. It felt very much like a classroom does shortly after a teacher has finished hitting a pupil's knuckles with the end of their ruler. The tension was palpable as I walked through the front door, but I could find no discernible reason why. I made my way to the bedroom, whistling to myself as I did. The structure's open layout created excellent acoustics and I got just a little bit giddy as I heard my little tune echo throughout the empty building. The air felt lighter to me as I began to ascend the stairs, my tune growing bolder and brighter with each step. Now the previous events had each held their fair share of odd events that I could only assume were caused by an overeager mind in an unfamiliar sort of place. But now... I was in a home, one that was not dissimilar from my own. The familiarity quickly cut through the tension, and I began to feel excitement for the evening. Perhaps the night was going to be peaceful. 
A terse knock on the wall next to my head startled me, cutting my whistle short and nearly making me fall backwards down the stairs if it weren't for my reflexes. I threw a hand out and grabbed a hold of the banister while the other one clutched my chest. I looked up at the spot where the knock had sounded, and I saw nothing out of the ordinary. I caught my breath, and I continued my climb up the stairs as a feeling of dread washed over me. The night that followed was anything but peaceful. That rap was the first of many, and I was never able to locate a single one. They would cut through the silence at irregular intervals, sometimes down the hall or in another room, and sometimes right next to my head. Sleep was a futile concept. I ran around like a madman all night, waving my candle in every nook and cranny I found, praying that the next one would reveal a prankster in the shadows. There was no such perpetrator to be found, and I'm afraid. Sam was waiting in the yard outside the house for me as dawn broke over the horizon. I ran out the front doors. I took my 800 bucks out of his hand, and I kept going. I may have gotten the money, but Sam had won in the end. He made a believer out of me. And his victory still haunts me every night in my dreams. <laughs>